Welcome to True Health Live, where we explore and acknowledge basic truths on some of the hottest topics in public health. If you are a public health student, experienced professional, or just interested in multiple perspectives in the public health arena, then this is a space for you. Join us. All right, and we are on. We are live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to True Health Live. We're back with another episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking about like the things that we should do, right? The things that we can do to keep ourselves healthy. So, like, you know, a little bit about my own story. I transitioned to um, plant-based eating over two years ago. And so I'm still pretty much a newbie, right? Um, and my process was my process. You know, it's, it's very different for everyone else. And so I kind of, um, it started with me. It was just like no meat. And so, and it actually seafood, I take that back. So it's been over three years. So I, I, I cut seafood, I think like November, 2017. I just remember like the last time I had it and then I just didn't have it again. So I was like, all right, well, I just won't eat it again. And it was November. And then I, when I sat back, I realized how backward some of my thinking was because like I would never eat catfish, right? And I'm like, Ugh, they're bottom feeders. But here I am eating shellfish. They're bottom feeders too. And then the meat came, I think, a year later in June. And I remember my last meal. <laughs> I'm so I'm not proud. But uh, I had just come off the plane coming from Haiti. And our first stop after we got our luggage was Popeye. <laughs> not proud. I'm not proud. Um, and it was the last. It happens. It happens. It was the last, the last meat that I ever ate. It was just like. All right, I think I'm done. Like, it's just like I like tore into it. I was like, I think I'm done. That's it. And I just never touched it again. Um, the things that were harder to kick, um, and it's because I had also grown accustomed to eating out. And we do that a lot um, in the West, right? In um, Western world, is like it's the whole idea of eating out and food being a part of a lot of things. Food is what brings people together. Like. Um, you know, because, there, are, you know, we got to figure out other things to bring us together. It doesn't always have to be centered around food, but that is a big thing like in the West. And so eating out was something that I was just accustomed to. It didn't mean that I didn't cook sometimes, but like, you know, eating out. And so I realized that when you do transition, like you have to kind of pay attention to where you're eating. So Eve, I could be ordering the plant-based dish or the vegetarian dish or the vegan dish or off the vegan menu, whatever. But, um, I don't know what pots they use to cook it in. I didn't. I don't know if there's like cross contamination with the chicken and the the beef or whatever that I no longer ate. You know, so it, that's something to pay attention to. So um, I had to really sit back and think about like how I thought about food and whatnot. But that's just my journey. So enough about me. Um, your thoughts? You know, food is fuel, and. I think we all go through our food experiences, you know, as we evolve. When, when you think about your life, you're in the beginning, you're eating the food that your parents, right, and your loved ones prepare for you. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, as you evolve and come into a knowing of yourself, you then start preparing the food as you want. And through that evolution, um, personally, I began to recognize food as simply a means by which to fuel my body. And because of that, I didn't always abide by that now or abide in that knowledge, right? But I I always recognized food as 
this is really just like what kind of gas do you put in your car? Mm-hmm. And are you going to buy a, a Tesla? Well, that's not a good example. That's electric. Are you going to buy a Porsche? And then, you know, it's like premium is the only gas. And, you know, but are you going to like put diesel in it? Are you going to put, you know, just are you going to put, the, what is it, 73 or whatever the lowest grade? No, because then your car doesn't function properly. But you have to get to that point where you even recognize that food isn't necessarily just about satisfying your taste buds. But really, after it's past the tongue, which is the shortest part of the journey, um, how is it satisfying everything that has to function on the inside to keep you flowing? But anyway, that's my plug for just getting into the mind state of not necessarily a plant-based diet if you're you're not there. Um, but just the idea of how is your food fueling you? Is it even fueling you? Or is it putting you in, in a coma? Is it just putting you straight to sleep for a day or two? Is it slowing your, your system down, your motility down to the point where eliminations are limited? These are all, or does it cause you to get very mucusy? Many of us who um, have drank milk in the past, you'll know milk and ice cream and yogurt just don't work for your system, but you'll still eat it and then just prepare for the blowback, pun intended, later. later. <laughs> um, so again, it's like what you know that that's you know that that's bad food that's literally gonna mess you up, but you still kind of eat it. I agree. Um, actually, <laughs> I love this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like you guys, Um, but I'll be very transparent. I'm still a work in progress, right? Um, I'm a big foodie. Um, Food is just like comfort, right? (laughs) Like you you think about all all the good things. I might be playing bass, but I do, I do that. That is, that's, that's also my challenge. It's (laughs) like, I have to get to the food is fuel. Cause I do like to taste things. So like I, I want a somatic journey to spread out, you know, not to, so that I don't overindulge in one sense, you right. know, so, <laughs> let me fear. <laughs> no, I, and that's so true. And I'm actually at that stage where it's like uh, food is fuel and learning. It's, it's challenging because it's, it's a new mindset, right? Um, like my sister-in-law, as she was listening in, she's like, yes, yes, to, you know, on the side. And I'm, she's, she's at that point already, right? She practices day-to-day um, healthier life, uh, healthier lifestyle, healthier eating and all this good stuff. And so for me, she's like, yeah, Nishka, do this, do that, try this, try that. Let's replace this Motrin and, and take this instead. Like we literally had that conversation the other day. Um, but I'm learning, right, uh, as I go, and not only for myself, but for my family, for my 16-year-old who's into meditating, who's into yoga, who's into this self-care and self-awareness journey that she's on. So it's my way of not only helping myself, but also supporting her and, and being a, a tool that, for her as well. But, um, you know, just just us as people, the common person, the day-to-day person, um, it, it, it's very challenging when you see like all these things on television, all the advertisements for the fast foods and the which are unhealthy. Um, and then you go into a supermarket and you want to buy the, the more healthier stuff. It's like it's a the prices are jacked up three three to five times more than 
the unhealthy things. So it's like, okay, well, I could grab this for, you know, $2 and, but the organic things are like 10 bucks, you know? And so the choices that we have and, and the way things are being marketed and the pricing and all that's, all of that are things to take in consideration because not only are you challenging yourself because you have to break your mind frame from the way you have taught by yeah. like, as our parents and our loved ones prepared the, thing, the foods for us, right? So we go off of what we know. And then as we get older, we're like, okay, well, I can change this. I don't want to, I don't want to eat this way anymore. I want to change it to the, to, to this more healthier option. Um, and so now you're segue into this, into this healthy lifestyle of um, better choices as what you're putting into your body. And you go to do food shopping and the prices are jacked up totally high, right? Yeah. And you're like, wow. And so that can be discouraging, like, geez, but why should it have to be that way, right? Why why does it have to be that the the, the organic things are so much more expensive than the not so um, healthy stuff? I think, and, and that goes back to like, you know, the, 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 the ones beyond us who, who are setting these, these trends and things like that. Um, like we'll see it all the time, like, you know, eat healthier, make healthier choices, but then the options you give are, are, are like so far from each other. Like mm-hmm. if I, I, I can easily get a, a burger, the $3, let's use the $3 bundle for, for example, you have a burger and French fries and you get a dollar soda. There you go. That's four bucks and, and plus taxes, less than $5. Mm-hmm. Versus if you were to go and get a healthier, um, like an organic meal, it's going to cost you like 10 bucks or maybe even more, right? So people normally, and, and we're on the move, especially New Yorkers, or we're always on the move so much that you just go and grab this, you know, the quick fast food versus preparing something healthy, you know? Um, but speaking on a personal basis, it's, it, it's, it takes time. And what I've noticed, is, what I've learned is you have to not only give your, you have to give yourself grace right to say okay this you have to acknowledge where you're at acknowledge where you've been and where you want to go like okay i've tried all these things i was unhealthy and it didn't catch up to me because i was a lot thinner when i was younger and i was like oh my metabolism is awesome now you're getting older and it's like okay it's catching up now so what can i do (laughs) What, what am i doing and now i need to really get 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 it together right um so i have to change the way i'm thinking the way i'm moving and so I have to allow myself to understand it's not an overnight ordeal, right? Mm-hmm. It takes time, it takes dedication, uh, it takes discipline. And it shouldn't be something that you feel like you're torturing yourself, right? A lot of times when people say diet or, you know, yeah, diet is one of them. It's like, oh my God, I got to give up X, Y, and Z. But you have to, you, it's not that you have to give it up. You just have to know how to do it in moderation so you can become comfortable with letting it go because it doesn't serve you any longer right because now you want it's not fueling your body and as you said I like I liked what you said precious about like it hitting your taste buds that's the shortest journey of the food and no one ever thinks about that right you I, I I'm like you're conscious of it like it but that's like it's the shortest journey but it's the most important for you because you get to savor those tastes and things of that nature and so when you really put it in perspective it's like okay i I tasted it it's wonderful yada 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 now the real work happens what's what's happening as it my body processes it and so i think learning that as an adult it it, is going to take time but how about we learn and as we learn we teach our youngsters 
right? Because the younger they can grasp that, the better it will be, right? Because now they, at five years old, they're choosing a fruit over a piece of candy or over chips. And as they get older, it, it, it's it's now embedded in them. And whatever mm-hmm. they know, they will then teach their kids and, and so forth. And the, it's all the circle of life, right? But yeah. we have to we have to really make these decisions and really stay mm-hmm. concrete on them. Um, and as we as we change our lifestyles, as we change our mindset on healthier eating, we also give ourselves permission to take it a day at a time um, and know when to push and know when it's like, okay, I'm trying my best um, and not really be beating ourselves up about it because. It's like I said, it's not an overnight process. It'll take time, but we don't want to be stagnant either. There are a lot of things you can talk about, like aromatherapy, um, yoga, and I know, you know there's probably some things to say about yoga. So like, you know, let me know. <laughs> the reality is that yoga helps you get in touch with your body in such a powerful way. You don't have to take fancy classes or, or you know, really understand um how the muscles are working or how, you know, how, what it's doing, you'll, you'll intuitively know what it's doing for your body just by doing it because mm-hmm. you recognize particularly, um, and I'm going to plug yin yoga, just research yin yoga. It, to me, it's, it's, you know, regular yoga is called yang yoga, but it's never really given that title. But yin yoga's distinction is that you hold your pose for upwards of two minutes, so usually between one and three minutes, but on average two minutes. And in doing that, you get to experience what your body can actually do. Because where you begin in your pose, you may feel tense, or you may feel tightness, but then 30 seconds in, you're breathing and you realize, oh, it's not so bad. Then the next thing, you're like, oh, I'm closer to the floor now. And that's just in one two-minute cycle. So again, how are you giving your body the ability to kind of stretch and flex? So mm-hmm. use fuel and think about stretching and flexing to connect with your body. Those are the two things that I'll touch on for now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know we spoke about this earlier, like uh, offline in another space. I was just like, the breathing is so key. I see why people talk about like the breathing, because that is how you kind of connect with what's going on and it kind of takes your mind off of the pain and yoga will let you know where you are truly at. You know, everything doesn't have to be like, I'm going to run myself into exertion and then I have rosacea all on my cheeks at the gym. Um, There's so many different things that you can do. Don't get me wrong. I do like to have my run, you know, every now and again. And we know that like weights and resistance training does help to boost weight loss. So it's not to say that you don't do those, but there are, it's, it's, it's just in addition to, not a but, in addition to those things, you can, you know, do things that are lower impact that gives you just as much, um, you know, low impact, meaning physically, but, it, get, but it, it has a high return rate. You have a good return on investment with um, certain exercises. And I think yoga is a good one, you know, so that like this is even like segueing into like just working out, like, you know, physical um, physical, um, working your body, you know, physical fitness is, you know, thing I think should be focused on and being that, you know, a lot of things are virtual now, like they're easy to do. So like, if you can't get into the gym, you know how many times I'm like looking at like 
dance instructions on online and like doing those if I can't find like a live virtual class like it works it definitely works so like whatever you have if it's Hulu Netflix or Prime like between all of those things like you can find like on any like streaming service you can find something to take and and really like connect with your body and the good thing is the weather is getting nicer so like even just like a walk I think like, you know, in the very beginning of this, like a lot of the, the suggestions, which I found to at least be true for me, is working up the lungs, you know, because, um, we, you know, COVID, it, it attacks like RNA, but one of the main symptoms is the, is the difficulty breathing, right? That's what people were complaining of, among other things. But the main one was like the difficulty breathing and like, you know, people are on respirators because they can't breathe. So like strengthening the lung organs, you know, um, was key for me. So I, I never used to run outside. And this really, gyms were closed, right? I learned how to run outside. It's very different from the treadmill, but I actually like it, you know? It's, 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 and, I, and, now, and I also understand how people say it's meditative. So meditating is even a way that, you know, that we can um, be in tune and add things to our, our lifestyles that help with, um, maintaining health you know these are some of the things we should be doing and a lot of them are free you know um it doesn't have to be something that we go pay goo gobs of money for to get ourselves together um you know some things they are going to cost money um but not everything you know just changing a few things here or there um it really really works and i like the the like the movement piece like yoga um yoga i i we all have Zooms, right? So I've been, we've been doing like health chats and with our health chat, we have tried to be come as creative as possible. And so what I've done is um, we do like a fitness segment. It's an hour duration and we do a half an hour fitness segment and then a 15 minute health chat and then Q&A for the community. I then incorporated yoga into that. So it's a half an hour yoga, a, fitness, uh, a health chat and then Q&A. And so by doing that, I'm like, wow, this really, really does help, you know? So it's an introduction to, to having all these different things come into play for folks. And the walks outside are beautiful, especially as the, the weather, you know, I need to take that advice too. As the weather gets better, just walking outside because that's my time to think, you know, just like long drives, only now I'm mobile on my feet versus just sitting in a car. So I do encourage people to, to take that, um, that, that stroll, even if it's just 20 minutes, you know, something is better than nothing, right? Um, and taking a time out to, to just like center yourself and just clear your mind and think, those are ways to help because really the more peace of mind we have, the better our, we can fight disease, right? The less stresses we have, the more we can fight, the more we are, the more encouraged our body feels and our spirit feels to, to do what's right for us, to eat better. Because as you continue to eat better, you feel better, right? Mm -hmm. And if you feel better, you don't worry as much. Right. <laughs> All True. the cycle, right? But yeah, yeah that's, that's my take, my two yeah. cents. Yeah. I think it's overall like just making better choices, even something. And some of those choices are not as as easy to do. And I'm thinking just because I come from the tobacco world and we know that quitting smoking is a really hard thing to do. Some people, it's just like when I was sharing about like 
going plant-based. It may not be as simple for others to just like, okay, I'm not going to eat the meat anymore. Okay, I'm not going to eat the, the shellfish anymore or the fish, you know? And then again, do it in stages. But when I did it in stages, like, all right, this is the last time. It's not necessarily like that for everybody um, who smokes, for example. Like some people can quit cold turkey. I have family members who've been able to do that. Others, um, it takes them a while. Like I think on average, it takes about 10 times to, you know, 10 attempts to quit smoking. So some people need help. So just like even like with the food, you know, if you can make that transition on your own, great. And there's all these things that you can use like online to help you. Um, but if not, and you actually have the ability and you have access to do something where you can have someone who is into that and professionals who can help you transition, then I suggest doing that as well. There's all these things. And I'll just put in another plug. SovereignEats.com also does um, uh, helps people with transitioning. Um, and so there's all these places that you can, you know, go. And I think you made a really good point, Anishka. It's like that, you know, it, we do have to acknowledge it's not as simple as like, oh, well, I did this because it's an access thing too, right? <laughs> Not everybody's going to be able to do it. I remember, you know, having different conversations with, um, you know, in my own um, work life and, and at, at the job, the JLB, <laughs> and, and saying like, you know, if uh, a mother um, or a family of five, let's just say a family of five um, who are um, either at or below the poverty level. And we know that most people, that when you're at or below the poverty level, let's just talk about like low socioeconomic status, which is at or below the poverty level, you um, most likely you're living in an underserved neighborhood. And we know that underserved neighborhoods are like, not only are they food deserts, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that they're pretty much devoid of grocery stores and markets where you can get fresher foods. And we're not even talking about like, organic, you know, just, just fresher foods, like fruit, fruit and vegetables. Um, but they're food swamps in that they're inundated with, um, unhealthy foods. There's just a, like an ex excessive presence of unhealthy foods. So if you're, you know, going home from work, you know, you're like, again, family of five, mom or dad is coming home from work and Popeye's chicken. Let's just, let's just use chicken, you know, um, you know, uh, which we know that there are these kinds of uh, food places. Um, if it, okay, these type of places where they serve edible things are inundated in certain neighborhoods. So if you see, like, you can get a 13 piece for 11.99, and 11.99 only gets you maybe a salad for one person from the grocery store, that's a problem. So I, I encourage people, like, especially like, you know, um, the goal is like, you know, that people who are public health professionals and especially students coming up, advocate for, you know, farmer's markets are really good in neighborhoods. And, and you know, I, I will say like, I've seen a proliferation of farmer's markets when, um, you know, warmer weather comes. We're in a different time right now, so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of pop back up because they are really like outside in like communal spaces. But, you know, um, advocating and, and putting on farmers markets and being part of that, especially ones that make themselves available to underserved neighborhoods are really good because it helps um, uh, increase access to healthier food for um, people who, who may not necessarily have access, you know? Access is a big thing when you're talking about underserved neighborhoods. Whether it be like just even physical physical transportation to a place, or you know understanding the information, or you know um, 
being just even having access to the information itself. So it's it's a big thing, and I think that's a really good point about um, things available to everybody. Like you know, it's so cool, you know, and I'm fortunate that I could be like, yeah, well, I just did this, you know, and I have a car that you know allows me to do other things, but not everybody has that. So like, I think some ways to you know um, really you know, have helped people make changes is, you know, most people do, um, a lot of people, I wouldn't say most people, but a lot of people do have access to, you know, internet, at least through phones and things like that, you know, using the, the, those devices to like, when it comes to things you can do virtually, awesome, absolutely try those things. And then when it comes to things that need a little bit more, um, interaction and physical interaction, it's like, you know, find the local farmer's market or something that's near you. If you're a student or a public health professional, advocate for those things, you know, because they're much needed. I enjoy them. You know, they, I had, there's farmer's markets where that are near me and, and I get the best fruits and vegetables from the, like the greens. Yeah. You know, I think that there's something really powerful about some of the unanticipated um, outcomes of this COVID, you know, particularly when things were shut down. Um, you know, we've spoken a lot about the challenges of transitioning to a more healthy lifestyle and just how stress impacts our ability to, to kind of fight off disease or how it kind of creates an optimal environment for disease to thrive. Um, but one of the benefits, I think, unanticipated um, of being in the house is that you had the opportunity to create your own schedule, mm -hmm. to prepare your own food, to most of the, for a time in New York anyway, um, best restaurants closed. So you were almost forced to kind of, there was almost like a back, you know, going back in time, if you will, to a mm -hmm. time, where, wait, wait, so grandma actually used to make these things, right? I can, mm -hmm. I can actually make these things myself. Um, so with that, the, you know, you, Deidre, you spoke about the idea of the farmer's market, but we all have seen the many iterations of home gardens, apartment gardens, growing herbs on your deck, on your windowsill. Um, there are so many options. So we want to make this within reach because this is within all of our grasp. Um, herbs, for example, you may purchase a few herbs, sit them in some water, just like you propagate a little piece of a plant. Like if you have a plant and I love it, you can break off a little piece, wrap it in some tissue and bring it on home in water, of course, and bring it on home. And then I can sit it in a cup of water and watch those roots grow. You can do the same thing with just about every herb. So even if you purchase some thyme, yeah, it needs to be fresh, right? So we're talking about fresh herbs and you soak it in water and you use half of that uh, for your food prep, then you're growing the other half. So you don't even need to get seeds. You don't need to worry about going to Home Depot and getting a pot, right? And spending maybe eight, $10 for a pot of thyme. You can truly create your own. And while we're talking about, you know, lifestyle uh, ideas and things that we can do to keep ourselves healthy, um, herbs, plants are medicine, right? We, we know this. Um, and what you begin to discover when you begin to research plants, the basics, the basic herbs. Um, and I, I'm going to use dandelion because so many people 
there's a, almost like a disconnect. I know there was for me early on the idea that the dandelion greens that I would then juice and, you know, which full disclosure, that does not taste good. So I'm not going to smile through it and say, drink dandelion. It's just good for your body. It is good for you. It is bitter as all get up and send shivers down your spine. So I wouldn't say if you're just getting there, don't do that. Yes. <laughs> or be ye warned, okay? Yes. We don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> we don't do the dandelion. Don't, like, don't, don't do it and then blame me, okay? Right. I'm yeah. like, why didn't you tell me? No, but thank you. That's but good. you know what? Yes. But dandelion is growing it weeds all over the place, right? And you don't want to necessarily pick those up and eat it because there's all sorts of pesticides and things in the, in on the grounds. But there there is a school of thought that actually um, pushes that the food, the medicine that you need for yourself is in the area that you live in. Yeah. So begin to really explore what's growing around me and how can I, and you don't have to get into, you know, become a full-on herbalist or a full-on, you know, um, urban, uh, they have names. I think it's like an urban gardener. That mm. makes sense the name. But you mm. don't have to dig in at that level where you're kind of walking through Prospect Park, identifying medicinal properties of the, of the greenery, but begin to recognize what things are beneficial for and experiment with them. You know, mm. minor things, for example, you have Citrus is really good if you have congestion. So simple. So when you feel a little stuffy, have an orange, put lemon in your water. You know, Mm -hmm. ginger helps to bring heat to the body. It also helps with your breathing. Just think about what ginger does. It opens everything up, right? So using those things and experimenting with how it impacts you on a small level. And I'm not saying use it as a substitute if you don't know how to for whatever you consider to be your medicine. But these are small ways, just like maybe foregoing the Popeye's that was mentioned several times (laughs) for (laughs) maybe some home cooked chicken, right? Like starting there. So the same way you may start there with just shifting in that way, begin to acclimate yourselves to the herbs that you are naturally inclined to purchase and begin to make the connection that your body is always talking to you. If you always pick up garlic, maybe you're constantly thinking about how you're going to manage. We must be exciting someone in in, in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but think about, you know, how garlic may, you may need to manage an infection, right? And how that helps with, with, um, with, with that. So I think, you know, we started with the idea of information and research um, and I'm going to just plug that again, start looking around your kitchen and get informed about the herbs you have. And as far as one last thing, as far as cost saving measures go, um, when you grow your own herbs or even when you purchase herbs, oftentimes we let them spoil, dry them. If you have, if you're in an old school, uh, and of course, I think we're all New Yorkers on this podcast. So if you're familiar with old school radiators, I put those herbs on a baking sheet, sit them on the radiator, let them dry out. In the summertime, put them on a baking sheet, cover it with a paper towel, put it out in the sun. 
So as instead of allowing the herbs to um, spoil, um, you can then just let them dry, get a mortar and pestle, grind them up, and guess what? Instead of uh, buying McCormick's or whatever other, you can make your own, and it tastes so much better. So those are my plugs for, like, easy breezy food is fuel tips. <laughs> that is some true health live gems right there. Let me tell you, I had started, I grew my own alfalfa recently. So good and way cheaper than buying a little thing in the store. And it's quick. It does not take long. It's maybe like a couple days you can get alfalfa. And I lo- and yes, it's grass, but I love it. And then, yes, just a disclaimer, no, I never said to juice the dandelion greens. You're not juice the dandelion greens. The, 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 the most bitter I will go is spinach and kale. Like, I will juice those, but I have to have, like, apple in it and lemon and ginger i have like it's like a five point like the green i make my own green juice is a five point ingredient it's either going to be spinach or kale maybe both lemon ginger a cucumber and apple for the sweet so that's my five point for um the uh green juice like that's how i was like i eased my way into it i was like this is actually good i could do this so that's my green juice but dandelion does not necessarily make it in dandelion to me (laughs) Is, is always like a savory salad <laughs> or it's just a salad, you know, and I'll put like, you know, whatever uh, lemon juice or vinaigrette, you know, dressing, you know, but yes. And, and um, something else you said, yes. What you said about like your, the medicine grows in your own area is very, very true. So at the start of, you know, being sheltered in place and comes the year of confinement, um, I would take walks and um we would take walks and we would see um i don't know if you i don't i don't know if i've seen them in the in in on some places in the city but where i am it's like this bush and it's yellow leaves that that come up and they, they look like flower petals so they're not really leaves in that way but but they are it's like it looks like a leaf and a petal at the same time and they're just like this vibrant yellow and we we looked it up you know um, you know, we use like Google photo or whatever, and it's called forsythia, we realized. So forsythia is this yellow bush that grows in certain places. And when we learned about like, you know, your medicine grows where you live, like it, it, it's something about like energy and the earth, like it'll grow where you live. And so we looked it up and it helps with like building like immunity and like respiratory. And, and this was at the start of COVID. And I was like, this is crazy. And it was just proliferation of this yellow bush everywhere and and it only grows for like a couple months like in the starting in the spring and then they just start to turn green and then it just becomes a regular bush but it was so interesting that this this plant and it's gorgeous and it was like it's medicine it's an herb and it was just like it's growing here for a reason in this way so yeah i think that's that's so true um and i think as we go forward you know we'll have um you know, herbalists and folks that we're interviewing about some of these things. Um, and, and I would just say, like, you know, you know, keep like, making comments and send in emails if, you know, there are things that you want uh, us to talk about or that would be interesting to talk about. Um, because, yeah, like, the, I'm so glad you mentioned it. I'm like, that's so true. Like, yes, like, for Cynthia. Like, <laughs> it was good. It was great. <laughs> it is a uh, precious when you mentioned um about drying the herbs and whatnot we do that like my mom it's called the masala so like 
when I was younger, I used to be like, oh my God, they're doing this. I got to get away because it's so strong, but they will dry it, sun dry it, right? Um, and then patch it all up themselves and then have like this huge jar. And so they don't have to go and buy like the, you know, the pack already made stuff mm -hmm. from whatever company you do it at home. And I love the fact that you brought up like, you know, the garden, gardening, gardening at home, growing your own goods at home from even if you're in an apartment out on the seal, because I've seen it done so many times. And like, my mom and my grandmother and even like Jeff's um, mom, they love to do that. Like, I think for culturally, it, it's we are kind of brought up in that way to, you know, plant your own greens, plant the tomatoes, go and pick it out. And even down to the like, you know, uh, breeding your own animal and things like that. Like everything is fresh, fresh, fresh. So I love that. And you're right. Like the there are so many community gardens. The farmer market is really wonderful to have and so much more affordable. There's actually one that's all year round um, here out in Queens, I think on a hundred, no, 217th street and amazing fresh foods, like all kinds of groceries and so affordable. I mean, so affordable. I'm so impressed. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to the supermarket. I'm going to go here because what I can get at the supermarket for like $5, I can get maybe it's like one bunch of scallions or something like that. I can get 10 bunches of scallions and it won't cost me that much at all. Um, so there is a difference. And I think, um, again, we people have to know that these things exist in the community and know that they can do these things from the comfort of their own homes so yeah you may not have a backyard if you're in a building but you do have a ledge and you have a window so you can um get like you know the 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 buckets and plant things in there and get your own tomatoes and so forth um if you do have a backyard there's ways you can just have like a little gardening section um and in the nice weather grow your own crops you know there's things that can be done um I just think it's a way of letting people know that you know you can you can do this and this is how you how it can be done um, to your liking and if you want to just utilize your community, you have to know what's out there, right? You have to know that there is a community garden that is open to everybody, to the community, hence community garden. <laughs> you can go and plant there, right? You can it could be a family day and you can go and plant in the community garden and so forth. Um, so I, did, I just think uh, allowing, giving people that information and in the community knowing of the existence of all these different resources is wonderful. And just individuals knowing they could do these things from their own home. Um, so I think like we went over a lot of things. So I was like kind of taking stock. And so, so some of the things we should do. So the first thing I think is lifestyle change, right? Um, but being mindful of like what you have access to and what you're able to do, or if you are a public health professional, the community that you are serving, be mindful of what they have access to and what um, capacity you have to give that to them. The other thing is like, when we're thinking about the lifestyle change is make small changes, you know, not everybody's equipped to do like a big, like 180, um, you know, in a very short amount of time, you can do them in incremental steps. And that's like to your point and it's to like giving yourself grace. And then it's like, you know, as you're going through this process, figure out what does or doesn't serve you or what does and doesn't work for you. Um, and I think like just engaging with, um, engaging with better, um, mindset with a with a healthier mindset um overall and i think that's how we you know really think about um activating those things that we should be doing 
Okay, so that's all we have for now. Uh, you can, thanks for uh, checking us out at truehealthlive.com. Be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also send us an email for uh, interest in other topics, truehealthlive at gmail.com. Uh, True Health Live will be available on djsully.com, which is where you can also leave comments and um, contact me. You can also contact me at djsully on Gmail and Facebook. Uh, Precious and Anishka, you can share yours. Sure. The best uh, point of contact for me would be Precious Stepney at, um, on Instagram and also on LinkedIn. Okay. So I can be reached at AnishkaGopilal.com. My Instagram is Anishka underscore Gopilal and Facebook and LinkedIn are both Anishka Gopilal. Great. Thanks. So catch us next time. We'll see you in the forward here at True Health Live. Peace. Thank you for joining us here at True Health Live. Remember to like, save, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment and send an email if there's a topic if you want to discuss. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also listen on DeidreSully.com. If there's a topic you'd like to discuss or hear, you can send an email to TrueHealthLive at gmail.com. See you next time. So I can be reached at AnishkaGopilal.com. My Instagram is Anishka underscore Gopilal. And Facebook and LinkedIn are both Anishka Gopilal. Great. Thanks. So catch us next time. We'll see you in the forward here at True Health Live. Peace.